this is the second uh, session in a series of three on complications of acute myocardial infarction. And in this edition, we're going to be talking about three other complications. First, cardiogenic shock. Second, left ventricular aneurysm. And finally, early pericarditis. So let's go to our first complication, cardiogenic shock. And this is going to be a rather short discussion. and should be supplemented with the other freestanding video that is going to cover cardiogenic shock exclusively. So what are the risk factors for cardiogenic shock? Well, factors include anterior myocardial infunction, DM, and more seasoned patients are more likely to develop the condition. On exam, the practitioner is going to look for signs of heart failure with associated hypotension and decreased urine output is common. The condition can be diagnosed with a chest x-ray, echocardiography, and right heart catheterization and can be treated with revascularization, intraaortic balloon pumps, ventilatory support, dopamine, as well as tubidamine. This brings us to our second complication, which is left ventricular aneurysm. This condition affects 10 to 30% of patients after acute myocardial infunction, and incidence is decreasing in the era of PCIs, fortunately. Left ventricular aneurysm can occur acutely, but most conditions are chronic and persist for more than six weeks after the heart attack. Here, a patient who has had an anterior heart attack is at an increased risk of developing a left ventricular aneurysm. On exam, the practitioner is going to see a large diffuse PMI and S3 may be present. The condition can be diagnosed with an ECG. Here we're going to be seeing Q waves in V1 through 3 with persistent ST segment elevation. And the diagnosis can also be aided with a cardiac MRI and echocardiograph echocardiography. So what are we talking about in terms of treatment? Well, to treat acute conditions, the practitioner should treat associated cardiogenic shock. To treat chronic conditions, the practitioner should anticoagulate with heparin or warfarin if mural thrombus is present. Consider a defibrillator if the left ventricular EF is less than 35% or there are documented ventricular erythemas. Uh, the EF refers to ejection fraction. And finally, this complication can actually be prevented with early revascularization. This brings us to our third complication and our final complication in this second part of a three-episode uh, series, and that is going to cover early pericarditis. This affects 10% of patients who have suffered from acute myocardial infunction and occurs one to four days after the heart attack has occurred. Transmural myocardial infarction is a risk factor for the development of early pericarditis. The symptoms here are going to include a pain that worsens when the patient is supine and the pain is going to radiate to the trapezius ridge. On exam, the practitioner is going to see a pericardial friction rub and the diagnosis of early pericarditis can be confirmed with an ECG that shows evidence of the condition and echocardiography can also reveal pericardial effusion. And finally, the condition can be treated with aspirin. Here, the patient should avoid non-steroidal, uh, not non-steroid NSAIDs and corticosteroids, and avoid heparin to reduce the risk of pericardial hemorrhagic transformation. Oh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Slipping off, slipping off the tongue. Okay, and that's the second of this three-part series 
on complications that can develop after acute myocardial infarction. So many complications, we had to break it up into three episodes. So tune into the last episode, which is coming out shortly. Tune into the last. <laughs>